Thank you for joining IAB There. Hi, I'm Cheryl Goldstein, EVP Member Engagement and Development here at the IAB. Welcome to IAB There, our daily live stream in which we connect the digital advertising ecosystem. Our topic for today's show, if you can see her, you can be her. We're gonna explore the next level marketing to advance the stature of women uh, with our special guest, Nadine Cart McHugh, who's the president of See Her, a division of the Association of National Advertisers. But first, a little bit about Nadine. She is a seasoned marketing executive with more than 20 years of experience across both client and agency side. She brings a wealth of industry knowledge to her new role as president. Throughout her career, she has led major transformations across businesses, and now she's transforming the media landscape. Please welcome Nadine Carp McHugh. Hello there. Hi, Cheryl. How are you? Happy birthday. I feel so Thank blessed you. that we get to be together on your birthday. Yes, I don't usually have so many flowers behind me, although <laughs> it's a good idea. <laughs> that's that's nice that people, you know, did that for you. Very lovely. Nice. Yes. Uh, so Nadine, I want to talk a little bit. You've had an incredible career. Uh, you're so well known in the industry and you've been enormously successful in different parts of the industry, you know, the agency side, and then you did a pivot over to the brand side. Let's talk a little bit about your career path. How, first of all, how did you get started? You started on the agency side. What got okay. you into this business? Oh, um, so uh, funny that actually, it's a good question. I originally wanted to be a copywriter. I wrote poetry since I was eight years old. I, um, you know, was a creative writer. Um, one of my teachers early on told me, oh, you should go into communication. There's more options. My parents feared that if I was a writer, I would starve to death and sort of um, put that fear into me. So uh, when I found out about communications, I looked to see what other careers I might have. And I found advertising and I thought copywriting, that would be great. Um, went to school for communications, came out and was asked you know, to take typing tests if I didn't have an MBA. Those were like the two ways to get in. The one loophole way was through media. So I got a friend of mine who's now a lawyer was a media planner. She said, you know, there is one other way, it's through media. So uh, I've got an assistant media planner job and realized um, soon that I thought that the way in would be through account management, but um, I wasn't made to be a account manager. And I found that there were pieces of media that I loved. Um, and then as media progressed over the years, it actually became very much about um, magic and rigor. So there was a lot of creativity involved and it became my sweet spot. So um, the rest, as you say, is history. I've never heard media described as a, a loophole for getting into a career. <laughs> yes, that's how you it happened. It's finding your way in, right? Isn't finding that your way in, that was my way in. Success. Yep. I didn't so know anybody, you know, back then, like you, a lot of people knew, you know, they got in through their parents or whatever right. the case may be. I didn't have that. So I had to find another way. She found a loophole. So you had very successful stints at Ogilvy, Mindshare. Then you switched over to the brand side, going to Colgate and then L'Oreal. How was that different? What was different about you know being in one versus the other, agency um, versus brand? Culturally, they're different. And of course, every marketing organization has their own culture. On the agency side, it's it's less about the the brand cultures because the brand, uh, really the product are the people and the service right. business that you're in. 
So um, I think that the people, all shape sizes and um, personalities make up an agency. And there's a certain electricity about it because um, you are in a service business and it's about bringing value to your clients. Plus there's an eclectic amount of work because you're working on, I didn't have the luxury um, with the exception probably of Unilever in my career of working on just one piece of business. So uh, you learn a lot of more things. You learn how to, you know, tap dance while you're, you know, uh, walking backwards kind of stuff, um, continuously challenged and, and stretched, which is great. Um, on the marketer side, you're focused, of course, on one business. Um, uh, both of those were, were corporate jobs for me. So I saw, uh, I had purview across multiple brands I, and best practices, but still you're working, you're, you're focused on one um, company. So that's a little bit different. Um, and for me, both of those jobs were about digital transformation. So um, working very closely with the agency partners, but certainly a different culture. And Colgate was a different culture than L'Oreal, of course. Yeah, of course, I can imagine. And so now you end up at Seher. I know you were very involved with Seher uh, when you were yes. working at L'Oreal. In fact, you were probably one of the founding, I believe you're one of the founding partners or certainly one of the first brands that jumped on board along with Shelly. And uh, tell me what led you to this role? Yeah, so I wasn't a founder, but I was definitely one of the hand-raising brands that jumped in um, in the beginning, right in the very beginning. Yeah. Uh, I always, and you and I met uh, when, you know, at She Runs It, right? So yeah, on the board, yeah. Um, with championing um, gender equality, championing women, uh, making sure that they saw what was possible. So it was certainly a sweet spot for me. I was also on the A&A board. Um, I represented L'Oreal on the, the broader A&A board. And when Seher first came to present at the A&A board, I thought L'Oreal has to be involved in this, you know, 70% of our, of L'Oreal, I almost said our, but I'm not there anymore. 70% <laughs> of L'Oreal's um, staff are women. And of course, most of the brands, the products are, are geared towards women. So it was an easy uh, move to, to go in full steam ahead with Seher, uh, with for L'Oreal. And I got to know Bob um, very well through the board. So when he was looking for a leader for Seher, he approached me and asked me if I wanted to run it. And it was kind of a dream job. It was something that I felt personally and professionally passionate about. And I thought if I don't do this now, even though I had a great job at L'Oreal, I, would, I might regret it. And if I watched somebody else do it, I wouldn't be so happy about it. <laughs> so I, I figured it was time for me to give back some and uh, really try to drive the change that I wanted to see in, in our business and in the world in general, really. So that it was kind of a no brainer. I had to come in and do this. And what is the, what is the goal of see her? I love the whole, you know, tagline, you know, see her to see, to be her, you have to see her. Yes. So mission. What are you trying to, to accomplish? So the goal is to drive accurate portrayals of women and girls in marketing, advertising, media, and entertainment so they can see themselves and also all of their potential. And so we like to say that we see her in all her glory, all shapes, sizes, races, ethnicities, religious orientations, abilities, uh, sexual orientation, because if you can see her, you can be her. And we know that media influences culture and vice versa. And so what we put out into the world as marketers, as content creators really matters. And in fact, you and I could probably do a whole separate session on the types of um, media role models that we had growing up and what that meant to us. Oh. 
I mean, yeah, no kidding. I mean, I go back to like Brady Bunch days when I was growing up. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. And yeah. that was at least a blended family, you know. Right. So you right. Know, yeah. <laughs> sort of, sort of. I mean, I was more was breaking new ground. Yeah. 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 I was watching um, an old Oprah Winfrey episode on YouTube recently, and she was talking about. Um, Mary, Mary, uh, Mary Tyler Moore actually came on and she was hysterical crying. You know, she brought almost brought Oprah to her knees and she said it meant so much to see you on TV. It was the first time a single woman was there and she was career minded and she was a news broadcaster, you know, it really yeah. meant something to her. So what we put out there matters. Yeah, it totally does. And one of the things I've become very conscious of is just language. Yeah. Like even things like you'll, you know, you'll say, he's got balls, you gotta have balls, you know? Right. Or, I mean, I don't wanna say, but don't be a pussy about this, you know? Like, so, yeah, I hate like that the, or you throw like a girl, you know? Yeah. Like all these things that are supposed to be feminine yeah. are very right. derogatory, negative, means you're weak. And it's like, grow some, you know, be, yeah. Yeah. so even like I've become so conscious of the language that we use and the messages that we're sending out just in how we talk about things. Very true. I actually, and, like, I yeah. do not like the, that word that you said. The, I know, it was hard for me to say it. But I have that, to but. say, I always remind people that to me is the most ridiculous use or, or attempt at derogatory terms because the vagina is actually one of the strongest muscles in any human body. It actually has to push out a human being. So I don't see why that is. Where such... would we be without vaginas? That's right. So <laughs> I you really know. didn't think the conversation would take this turn, <laughs> but it's okay. E. Bensler, where are you when we need you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of women and an effort to up level and have women see themselves, one of the things that I've become very uh, aware of and conscious of is how COVID is impacting women. Yes. It's unfairly falling on their plates in terms of schooling the kids right. and taking care of family members who may have who've gotten COVID. And many are dropping out of the work world. And what I've heard and seen is that all of this is gonna start setting us back decades in terms of bringing women in and getting them at higher levels. Many are passing up promotions or not going for bigger jobs uh -oh. because they're just too stressed. Yeah. So well, is your yeah is your research showing that? Or are you seeing that? Or is there yes. anything that we could do to to change that dynamic? Yeah, I think this. Well, um, we have to be mindful and we have to push forward. So um, we also saw that, and it's scary. I mean, there's there's research out there now. I think the UN put out that women will be set back by a generation if we're not careful because of everything that you said. You know, as this, as a starting point. Um, there's also um, research out there, of, you know, Cheryl Sandberg from Lean In talked about um, the fact that we're going to see a she session. Everyone's talking about, will there be a depression? Will it be a recession? It's actually a she session because women are taking wow. the front of both pandemics. Um, and so what we're doing um, is really important to continue to push forward uh, and make sure that women see what's possible and they're inspired. Um, because it's a very difficult time, you know, yeah. and, and some don't have a choice, you know, and also the, the majority of the um, essential workers are also women. Right. Uh, those that were furloughed are often women. Um, it's just, you know, it, it's, and, and it's worse for women of color. So mm. um, we really have to be mindful. And that's why that inclusive approach is really important, you know? Yeah. 
I think companies have to be incredibly mindful of this now and supportive and give people a break where they can. And yeah. spouses, you know, wake up, you know, don't leave it all to your wives to yeah. have to manage all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the time to really be a partner because I, I, you know, every stat is, it's really upsetting. As it is, even before COVID, estimates, in fact, even I think um, the girls' lounge um, had these stats that it's going to take like a hundred years to get yes. parity between men and women, and that yeah. was pre-COVID. Right. You know, so yep. now that women aren't even going for bigger things because they just don't have the bandwidth or they're dropping out altogether, yeah. it's going to it could take 150 years at this rate to uh-huh. get us there. Yeah. There's a stat um, that said if if women and men were equal. Um, from a pay equity standpoint, it would add about 28 trillion to the GDP. Wow. Um, yep. And right now, women make up about seven trillion on their own. So we also influence 85% of all consumer purchase decisions. Yeah. So yeah. Um, it's important actually for brands to get it right for women because I think now, especially with the two pandemics that we've been dealing with. Um, consumers are very heightened. Their sensitivity is heightened to where brands show up, how they show up, and they're going to continue to vote with their wallets. We just recently did a piece of research with Gensu, one of our new CEO members. Um, and one of the things that uh, came out of that research was the validation that consumers um, care very much about gender equity, both men and women. Um, and they expect both the media and brands to play a role in helping to solve for it. Yeah. Well, I think now you're seeing a lot more men, you know, hands-on dads, dads of girls. It's almost become yes. like a movement. Girl dads. Yes, it where is. Girl, girl dads. dads. Yeah. You yeah. know, Kobe Bryant did a did a good one for the world there. And, yeah. you know, unfortunate situation, yeah. but he he yeah. left a legacy about being a great girl dad. Yes. And, you know, everyone looked at him and said, oh, the poor guy doesn't have any sons. But, you know, he was That's like, true. are you kidding? This is the best. Yeah, and absolutely. I think I think that's a dynamic that has changed. I grew up with three brothers. I'm the only girl, and I had a very different relationship with my father. But he almost didn't have a choice but to treat me the same with four yeah. of us. You know, it's like he it was just easier to throw me in with my brothers. Uh, but I I could see that women girls were treated very differently, more delicately. Oh, don't do that. That's for the boys. Right. I I wasn't treated that way. I was like, right. get out there and play basketball with them. Um, well, but I good, think that actually organized sports great. are very good for women. Totally. And Most I and I think are... now men are more sensitive because a lot of them have their own daughters and they want to see yeah. their girls growing up and have the same shot. Sure. Tell me a little bit about the gem score. I love that you have a way of making media accountable and informing uh, brands whether their advertising is working, not working. Explain a little bit about yeah. what that is. Sure, absolutely. So um, our GEM stands for Gender Equality Measurement. It's a longitudinal uh, study that we've been doing. Um, It's qualitative uh, consumer-based where we ask consumers four questions uh, that are all related to gender equality. And that was after looking at a myriad of attributes that could be measured. There are four buckets that they stand for. One is, um, does the character uh, accurately portray uh, the female? Um, is is it inappropriate? Is it appropriate? And are they considered to be positive role models? So we show an overarching index. It's based off of a score, you know, of a hundred index. So anything below is no good. Anything above is is positive. 
Um, and uh, we measured so far about 140,000 ads using this methodology. Wow. Um, yep, it's available in 14 countries that represent 87% of, of global spend. So uh, we don't name and shame, it's about learning and uh, celebrating and learning. So we work one-to-one -one with our members um, because it's not about putting out there whether you know something scored higher or lower. Right. It's about really understanding why that happened uh, most recently. And because it's four questions, you can get the nuances out of the content. Mm -hmm. Most recently, we had a see her member <clears throat> who's been very active from the very beginning. Really great, you know, um, get uh, anytime we need somebody to be on a panel or to host an, or, an event or um, to sponsor something, they're, they're right there. And uh, periodically, we will just randomly sample our member ads and let them know how they scored versus benchmarks. And in this instance, um, the score was not so great. And we didn't know why, because they had applied so many of the best practices that we have available to members. And when we looked at the breakdown of each of the scores, the one that didn't show well was appropriate. And we actually all sat down and looked at the ad together and said, well, you know, what's the problem? And in the forefront, there was a woman and it checked all the boxes, you know, appropriate, powerful, you know, she looked like um, respectful and she looked like a leader. But in the background, there was a woman um, in a leather miniskirt straddling a guy. And it was very subtle, but the consumers picked up on it. Wow. And so they immediately took it off, you know, of course. Um, was that intentional that in the background? No, it wasn't. It just kind of happened. No, it was the background. It was shot in a live place and no one noticed it. And it, you know, think about how creative is developed and how it is, yeah. um, well, you know, approved and then produced and nobody picked up on it. Um, but the consumer, that's amazing that nobody, yeah. nope, but the oh, consumers oh, oh. sure did. Um, yeah. and they walked the talk and they took it off, off air, but, um, yeah, so That's you know, so interesting. It's very powerful, but we all we all walk around with a certain amount of bias. What's important sure. is that we're aware of it and that we question it, so that we can all get to a better place. Yeah. Um, and it's certainly important when we have a responsibility um, when we're putting things out there into the world that other people are consuming. Yeah, speaking of responsibility, in a lot of our sessions, you know, at the IAB, we have brand councils. Um, agency <laughs> yes, you're you're on that. So you know them well, and I've been hearing a lot about brand responsibility versus yeah. brand safety or brand accountability. Right. And what I'm seeing is the rise of inclusive PMPs, where yes. a brand um, will specifically say, "I want X percent of my budget to go to LGBTQ minority-owned right. properties, um, African American, whatever." that audience segment might be and they put them through a PMP with a vetted content owners publishers that fit the bill for that specific yeah. uh, demo and i'm seeing that as a trend here is yeah. that something that see her would get involved with or is it something that fits your wheelhouse so that's something i think we should do as a next step mm -hmm. we have had pop-up channels um, right, right. We have um, see her, you know, gem ranked programming. We have um, see her aligned content guidelines, but we have not necessarily done a PMP. You know, the majority, as I said, eighty five percent of purchase decisions are female. A lot of brands will will target women, 
And so it's, it's really getting behind the content and creating some sort of algorithm that um, rewards the right kind of uh, gender equality, uh, see her aligned programming versus others or content um, that you can tap into. I'm not sure that's been done yet, but I think it's really interesting. We should probably look into it. Yeah, Mindshare actually is um, has been working on this um, right. inclusive PMPs. Yeah, I saw for, that. That's my alma mater. Yeah. I know. That's why I'm mentioning it. Your yeah. legacy lives there. Yes. Um, and also, so this whole idea of brand responsibility. So I'm hearing more and more about that. Yeah. Um, so it sounds like you're using Gem Scores on programming too, not just the advertising. That's, yeah, you can do it for anything really. Uh, digital um uh magazines video including so it's helping programmers know like is are the characters within this show yes. representing women in the best light do people yeah. relate to these characters yes. and yeah and they're and actually changing characters and scripts based on that data so not yet but we're working okay. on it um but <laughs> what, we are, what we are doing is um encouraging our marketing members to um purchase programming and content that is see her aligned and gem positive so if the dollars don't go towards the um, non-see her programming there'll be less of that developed because of course they're not going to produce something that isn't going to be purchased um, and it should be table stakes yeah i agree i agree with that so what's next for the see her initiative what do you see happening you know going into 2021 so, well, we have a lot going on. Um, everything that we're doing, we talk about impact into action, because if we're not going to be creating impact that can be is real actionable for all of our member companies, then we failed, you know, and we we don't intend to do that. So, um, we have a whole research roadmap that we're working on right now. Um, we've done attribution modeling that has validated um, the correlation between positive gem scores and incremental sales lift. So we had already known that it was good for brand reputation and for purchase intent, but actual incremental sales, um, anywhere from 2X to 5X, which is pretty significant. Um, so we've done that for um, all women. Now we're taking a deeper dive into um, African-American and Hispanic women, <coughs> just to make sure that we deliver against the inclusivity across all, all women. Uh, so are you creating like a gem score type of um, metric? for African-American and others as well? Is that part of what you're envisioning? Well, we already have that. So thank, oh, you, for, you, okay. thank you for bringing that up. So we already have um, GEM Multicultural, where we can do deeper dives. It's part of the GEM report in general that we do for members. So you, the, you will get a score that has um, women uh, of a certain age. You'll get actually male and female scores as well. So you can see the difference in, in how men respond. And there's already a Hispanic and a um, African-American uh, score, but we could also do deeper dives. Um, right. There's interest. And there's been a lot of interest as of late, as you can imagine. Mm -hmm. um, we um, are putting out, we have a, an organizing framework called the See Her Marketing Essentials Toolkit, which was designed to um, empower member companies to embed gender equality into their everyday marketing and media processes. So um, we will continue to uh, create best practices and tools within there that are turnkey. And it basically follows a comps planning framework. So anything you know, that you should consider even before you develop any assets all the way through to implementation. 
And so we have been very successful helping marketers to, um, to action all of those things uh, based on their needs. And now we're workshopping them um, with our member companies to make it stick. Yeah. Now, do you have to, it sounds a little bit to me like you've got to get to the creative agencies, the media outlets and brands for this to work, right? They all have to be on board. Is that, is that like herding cats or are you finding that when the brands say this is what we want to do, everyone just gets in line? I think oftentimes when the brands want to do something, um, there is alignment, but there's still some, um, it depends, you know, it really depends on the company, on the people. Uh, there's a lot of interest right now because um, brands with purpose are the ones that are going to really, you know, rise to the top in the world we're living in for the unforeseeable future. Um, and so there's been a lot of interest across the board with the holding companies, with the member companies, but it's definitely a team effort. And that's why we opened up membership to go beyond just the marketers, but to also bring in the media companies, bring in the agencies, because you can't do it alone. No, you can't. And I, I was thinking that, wow, for this to work, you really, it involves creative, it involves media. So it's messaging and it's placement. It's is the surrounding appropriate and is the message appropriate. And then you've got to get, you know, the, you've got to get all these parties on board and uh, agree that it's important to do this. So yeah. I know that that can be challenging. Yeah, we haven't really gotten pushback. <laughs> we do get from time to time, oh, I th we're doing it right. Or we have this whole initiative internally, we're fine. And then we go, when we go through our organizing framework and the um, tools that are in there, there's, there's like, oh, 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 yeah, we didn't think of that too. Oh, we should, yeah, that's a good idea. We should, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We didn't know the, the person. We didn't notice the girl in the back. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Don't you wonder, sometimes I see commercials. I'm like, the vetting process and the approval process for this to get on air for most places is pretty intense. You know, you don't yeah. just shoot a, spend the money, shoot a commercial right. and air it. The investment. How did this commercial make it to air? You know, like sometimes right. I see some of these commercials that are so blatantly either stupid or offensive that you sit there and go, somebody along the line had somebody, to have said- A lot of somebody's. <laughs> a lot of somebody's. Didn't somebody yeah. say, well, yeah. this doesn't seem like a good idea. I don't know. It seems ridiculous yeah. to me. Transformation but, though is, 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 like you mentioned earlier, language is really important. When yeah. you're doing transitional and transformative work, um, it's consistency. Because yeah. I used to joke um, when I was at Colgate and we were doing digital transformation, I called it reach at the six plus because <clears throat> change is hard for a lot of people. And that, you know, yeah. you never knew which, which frequency you were going to hit somebody and it was going to stick and then move forward. Mm. And then when I got to L'Oreal, I joked about um, reach at the 12 plus because the world had gotten so much more complex though. There's so mm. many things that marketers have to remember and do, and we don't have more hours in a day. Right. So um, I can see where it could happen in a lot of places. You know, it's just everybody's moving fast. They know, you know, they know their sort of um, comfort zones and what they're used to doing. And I could see where that things can slip through the cracks. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So we only have a couple minutes. I want to do what I call my wows, words of wisdom, because I know you are loaded with wows. <laughs> um, so I, I like doing it in a stop start kind okay. of format. Like what should you stop doing? What should they start doing? Let's start with brands. Put your brand marketer hat on. What would you tell brands to stop doing 
now and start doing? Oh, I don't know. I mean, that's the challenge is they can't really stop doing anything. And then they, there's more that keeps building. Um, I think it's continued to be consumer centric, mm-hmm. um, to be curious, not to be afraid of, of doing new things and different things. Um, I think it's also, um, sorry, I got all these alerts that are distracting. Uh, and to, you know, to, you have to take calculated risks in order to move forward. Um, of course, from a CHER standpoint, everybody should join and they should be leveraging all of the um, tools that we have across the organizing framework so that we can realize a truly um, unbiased um, world across marketing, media and advertising because <clears throat> we have the responsibility to, to make it better. Yeah. And I think the future depends on it because especially now, um, there's just so much content being consumed and yeah. it starts really, these bias started at a really early age. And then if people, you know, I've, I've been listening and reading a lot about the rabbit hole concept where you get these recommendation engines that keeps giving you more of the same. So yeah. if it's fake news or false stories right. or, or negative impressions of a certain group or whatever, you're just getting more and more of that. Yeah. So I think it's also on all of us to take the time out to listen to the other side, you know, tune in to the news um, that you don't watch and yeah. just hear yeah. their point of view go to sites that you wouldn't normally go to and explore. Be curious to your point. Um, okay. What would you I, tell I would the media company? Oh, go ahead. Oh, well, this would be the media company. Go, go My ahead. husband and I always, uh, I think streaming has a lot, a long way to go for user experience. And um, I think don't show an ad if you're going to show me the same ad five times. Oh my God, <laughs> Because yes. it actually has a negative effect. And I think that we were just having this conversation the other day. Um, brand marketers and their agencies really need to follow through um, on where those impressions are going because it's yeah. an awful user experience. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Screen and it happens over and over again. Where I'm actually shocked. Like frequency yeah. capping, whatever happened to that? Whatever happened to that? I don't. I think, don't know. Yeah, it needs to come back. Yes. And so. then last one. Uh, what would you tell for all the women who are at home trying to balance it all? What should they stop doing? What's something they could start doing? I think they, first of all, I think um, women in general tend to take the brunt of, and we know it from, from uh, all of the research, the majority of the, of the children and the household's uh, responsibilities still fall on them. I think they need to um, be mindful of that and not be afraid to ask for help or even just share the burden. I mean, I can remember, and I don't think much has changed since my kids were little, sadly, but just doing it myself, I'm gonna do it better. I can do it myself. I'll just do it. Um, I don't know how they're doing it in a COVID world where I hear uh, and I feel for them, you know, having to do um, schoolwork on top of full-time jobs, you know? So um, no no one ever signed up to be, you know, to homeschool all of their kids. Right. But I do think- I think say, this is the new privilege. This is the new privilege now. You yeah. know, people that don't have kids at home, it's like a new entitlement that you have that others don't have. Yeah. But I do think it's a, we're living through a moment of time. I remember when my kids were little, everyone was like, oh, it goes so fast. And you're like, oh, it's not going fast. It's like so much work. And then you blink and it's it's true. It's gone. You yeah. Know? So I think it's just to remember that this is a moment in time and that they matter and they should think about their short-term and their long-term aspirations. Yeah, um, yeah. I think anything is possible, but probably not at the same time, especially now. 
Yeah. And I would say don't uh, be afraid to ask for help. You know, you're not, not enough alone. to ask for help. Yeah. So, and there's no, should be no judgment on that. Just, yeah. These are unprecedented yep. times. So. They sure are. Yeah. All right. I think we are all out of time. Nadine, so great to see you. Thank you for joining so me good today. Good to see you too. Again, have a nice birthday. Thank you, you know, Cheryl. I hope you celebrate safely. Yeah. And we'll, we'll see you soon. Okay. Take so. care. Yes. Let's make www.seeher.com. Right. Yes. Thank People you. want to get involved. Okay. We'll see you soon. Uh, so I'm Cheryl Goldstein. IAB There is a production of the Interactive Advertising Bureau. Our show today was produced by Connor Healy, Joe Ants, John Ward, and Twafika Mohanedan. Thank you.